0: Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions, two, talk. give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the football over the weekend. We'll get to both the Utes and the Kooks, but where do you want to start? Let's go with the Utes. Start with the Utes. They beat Washington State, Gordon, and they had a, a, a nice fourth quarter, I will say. Uh, but they certainly sputtered. The defense looked good, and that's why Witt was in a good mood. You'll hear every cut that uh, that we play from Kyle Whittingham today, where he sounds like he's chipper. That's because the defense had its best outing of the well, year. He
0: wasn't but, happy about the turnovers, that's for sure.
1: But the fumbles, Gordon. That okay? This is we're 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 diving into the realm of the psychological now with yes. the Utah football team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just a a self. What do they say? Self fulfilling prophecy at this point, or whatever. It's so ingrained into their brains that. Don't fumble, don't fumble, don't fumble. They're just even the most reliable, like Britton Britt Covey, is, is coughing yeah. up the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the whole fumbling is contagious thing, but it, it appears like it actually is
0: with this huge football. I've never seen anything like it, honestly. When I saw Tavian Thomas go into the game, and you know, obviously he's a guy who could be playing a lot more if he didn't fumble, and he goes in and what does he immediately do? Fumbles, I just thought, or at least loses what in the ball. The world yeah, world is going on. It's crazy. The irony to the whole thing uh, because Washington State turned the ball over. It kind of punctuated the win for the youths. Yeah. Well, uh, who was it, uh, Chris Curry, who a lot of a lot of people wanted to see he gets in,
1: gets a carry, a nice Tom carry at that, and then carry number two, he fumbles. I couldn't believe they brought out or they took out T.J. Pledger. Maybe he was, was he gassed after that long run? Maybe that was the thing or, or whatever. But Pleasure might
0: be the guy. Well, I, there's an encouraging thing from the game. He showed a lot of energy. And the Utes needed it. I mean, Washington State, folks, is, is a, a lousy football team. I, I know these are students, and they're out there doing the best they can. But that program is not very good right now. No, And the Utes struggled mightily against that team on its home field. Yeah, it it did, and and but you know
1: Utah was doing a lot of that stuff to itself. I mean, I don't know if that's redeeming or indicting, but how many how many balls hit the ground? Eight, seven.
0: Uh, eight hit the ground, but one was well, overturned, was down, and, right? Or, or stands, yeah. 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 Our guy Cole missed field goals, chip shots. Yeah, a lot of mistakes being made.
1: But defensively, they looked much better. All of a sudden, uh, the, the line was getting pressure. Of course, the interception to, uh, to really seal the deal was some nice. Devin Lloyd, how about that? That interception from Devin Lloyd was was one sort of spectacular
0: play. So there were no less than six NFL scouts there that day. Yeah, that yeah Austin to, was see, the game. to see some, several players, but really to see Devin Lloyd. Oh, he was all over the field, and all six of them stood up out of their seats on that play.
1: <laughs> well, that was like right. stood up. I, I, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, but I heard he's pretty good. He's he's all right. Yeah. He's, he's got really a, good. He's got it. He you know he's potential.
1: I mean he he should probably be in the NFL right now. He was basically in on every play. I mean, he was something, and that interception was was something. Algier is going to have the play of the year hands down here locally. Like I don't even think. Uh, you know that can be challenged, but that Devin Lloyd interception was a thing of beauty. I mean, that was he was in the right place. He read the play, which means like it it took some intellectual doing, and then the the physical component
0: to to uh, finish the play was really something. Did I mention that uh, Washington State is not a very good team? No, oh, they're terrible. I just wanted to. And I Utah have should have beat them by more so. than 24 to 13. Man, it was you, a game that they traveled that quarter, or trailed. That quarterback for the Cougars is not good. We, you know, it's just not a good quarterback. Nope. and Tries real hard, but not good. So the Utes get by, but maybe they can build some momentum, uh, you know, with a the, with the bye week and sort of put things back together. But uh, n- not an impressive showing. On Saturday, no, Mm-mm. agree. All right, let's move on to the Cougs
1: Gordon game. I know you wrote about uh, over the weekend, and uh, I don't know. It turned out it turned into one of those games that uh, the BYU, I'm sure, was just happy to be over. Um, but what's your what's your overall take? Anytime. Is it more is it more positive than negative in a game that they win thirty five to twelve?
0: Well, I used a, a term in my column quoting Kalani Sataki. He's the one that brought up the words "dark cloud." Uh, and that's uh, that's an indictment of the way that defense played, and the Cougars knew it. They they came off the field, and he talked about they had long faces and whatnot. They just they won a game, but they they understand that uh, that was not a good showing, and we said that Washington State's not a good team. South Florida has some talent, but uh, not not really <laughs> hasn't really manifested yeah. itself in the win loss record and BYU's defense was just flat bad. I think sometimes when you get up on a team the way BYU did in that game 21 to nothing, it's easy to lose your focus and easy to sort of let up a little bit, but that defense was not good. And uh, I think that's exactly that, I mean, what it were, was though. They were up 28-6. Yeah. And then and then the I mean <laughs> some
1: other players start getting time, you know, and all of a sudden the details go on, it, It's exactly what it was.
0: There are injuries that the Cougars are fighting through. And uh, but that defense, it, it, it just couldn't stop the run. And when you get an athletic quarterback who can move like that, uh, it's it can cause real problems. And I, I'm sure that every team that plays BYU for the rest of this year will check out that game film real well. And if not, not everybody can do what that quarterback could do. McLean kid, he's young, but fine, fine athlete, and he was throwing the ball pretty well too. We saw Baylor Romney instead of Jaron Hall, which
1: turned out to be somewhat expected. Did you see that ESPN made a mistake and uh, and Gunner and pictured Jaron Hall and I don't even know who it was. It's a, it's
0: a prep recruit that was there on a, a visit. A recruit.
1: They were like, here's Jaron Holland, street Timphew clothes. Timp or Timpanoga, <laughs> <somewhere> <laughs> there. It's it's Some random dude. It was uh, Lorenzo Falatea's brother-in-law, actually. Is that what <laughs> it is? Oh, I saw that. Just some
0: thought. 17-year-old it's, kid. Uh, you know what? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> I saw people referring to Baylor as Gunner, but. Uh,
1: that probably happened. My favorite of all time, and I think it was you, trailer Trailer, who tweeted about this over the weekend, was the Roscoe Hall. That that was the best flub ever because what an amazing name Roscoe Mendenhall is. I always liked that name, Roscoe. Roscoe. Yeah,
0: that's a good one.
1: You oh. know, it's one of those Wild West-sounding names. Let me think. What is it? Just put <laughs> in there, Roscoe. I think that's what Plus it is. Just, just type in there, Roscoe. That's it. That's it. Bear, cougar, uh, tiger. Uh, Roscoe. It. Roscoe. Go with Roscoe. It's,
0: yeah. I think it's Roscoe. That sounds right. Point is, Baylor Romney really is a gifted quarterback. He very accurate, and he. It was funny because he, he was so good early in the game, and then at the end when they were trying to score on that one drive, he had a couple of inaccurate throws. But uh, he's the Cougars are in pretty good shape uh, on the occasions when Jaron Hall can't go. He's not the athlete that Jaron Hall is. He can, he can wing it around, though. He, he's quite good, and he showed that in that game. Smart throws, good throws, deep balls, Jake throwing the ball deep and accurately. So, yeah, that was the good news. The offense was considerably better than the defense, but the defense looked slow to me in that game. And I do understand they had some injuries and we'll see how many guys can get back, but I'm sure Utah State watched that game is going, hmm, can we replicate that? Cuz if they can, that defense could be uh have its back against the Wall a little bit. Were you ever? Did you ever think that BYU would
1: lose? Was there a point in watching the game where you thought that that South Florida was going to win?
0: Not really. Me either. So what does that say? Maybe nothing. Well, but you're looking at South Florida, you know. And how many games have they lost out of their last? Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but BYU also South Florida to travel two thousand miles or whatever it is show up and, and threaten you, especially after you get that kind of lead on them. I yeah, mean, but, they, but BYU's also beaten Utah and
1: Arizona State. So, I mean, we, there's there's more to the body of work that you can look and say, okay, I know, well, we're talking about Saturday. I know, game. but I, I mean, are we trying to, you know, apply what we've seen to their performance going forward?
0: I mean, well, if teams you, if
1: you, are allowed to have one of those games where they let up because they've got a big lead yeah. and, and the building isn't necessarily on fire. Now, maybe
0: you can argue that you saw
1: some red flags or something, but that's kind of why I posed the question. Well, I mean, that's did you what ever Ka- think that's that what they were Ka- going to lose That's it? what
0: Kalani Sataki said. He saw a lot of things that needed to be improved upon. Well, because there were a he wasn't lot of shy things. about it in the in the postgame. He, he, he pretty much said it, said he was disappointed, and he was. He said there was a dark cloud. Uh, over that victory. And yeah, but coaches
1: love that sort of stuff because they get a chance to kick some butts. But he was telling the truth. Sure. Oh, yeah, of course he was. That defense was not up to snuff. Right, but they're 4-0, and oh. and so coaches love stuff where they can grab a hold of some bad tape and stuff to just drive it home. I mean, Kalani could have gone one of two directions. He could have said, oh, you know what? Uh, we hit some bumps in the road, before we're 4-0. On to the next one, feeling good, riding high. But he chose to, you know what? going to be grumpy about some stuff. That's gonna, because he should have been. He's going to use it the, the
0: as played crappy
1: as an opportunity to uh, to sharpen some sharpen the sword so
0: to speak. I think he would much rather have to come up with ideas about how to motivate his team and not lose to a or win over <laughs> Freudian Slip uh, over a team that is one and three and was threatening at the end of a game after you had that kind of lead. Uh, yeah, but that's you... nothing for any coach to be happy about, and I don't think he was manufacturing. I think he really felt it. I mean, I was looking straight at his face, and he was he was he was upset.
1: Okay, I I got it, but I I I find it interesting how coaches craft their post game messages because I mean, I guess I was first introduced to it with with Jerry, or at least really paid attention to it with Jerry Sloan, who was always harder on his team after wins than he was after losses and uh, very much strategic. And so you see how coaches react to different situations. I, I think it is about the exact message that they want to communicate. I don't there. think that win, was it at all is, in this case. When is, is the time? It, did that, you
0: watch the game? Yeah. They sucked. Right. I got it. They also uh, well, won. What, what, yeah, yeah, a win and they isn't were also, necessarily And they good were also news.
1: up huge and let off. So, at what point is it the best to pull the old Aaron Rodgers and tweet out "relax," and at what point is it best to be grumpy and kick some butts? I find that fascinating. This is the perfect but game. I don't think to that. I don't into. think that's
0: what was going on here. I, I think he saw the same game all of us saw, and BYU's defense looked slow, looked tired, uh, looked unresponsive at times, and that upset him. And he admitted. He said, yeah, we got some injuries, but uh, he was not—you can tell when Kalani is stretching the truth. I'm not talking about stretching anything. I'm talking about what you highlight after a game. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was being asked about the game, and the game was not—yeah, the Cougars won, but they did not play well. And so— well, if there was some sort of methodology beyond that, then okay, because he knows they got to turn around and play Utah State exactly. on Friday night. and, uh, yeah, so coaches are pretty aware, but I think it was genuine what he
1: was saying. I'm not saying that it wasn't genuine. Don't misunderstand me you can you can feel different ways about a single football game because there's always mistakes. The next perfect football game played will be the first
0: that, but, they, uh, there weren't just a couple mistakes yeah, yeah. Jake. I, I that, hear that you. defense looked bad. I hear you. And but it was statistically, you could stick up for them in some ways. But overall, for them to to allow that game to become as uh, essentially one score game uh, when they had it going on the way they did early uh, offensively, that's that's got to be troubling to any coach. And, and look, BYU won, and I'm not saying they're a bad team. They're four and zero, and they've Played some pretty stiff competition, but uh, they should have taken care of South Florida with uh, greater ease than they did. And I think there are some weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. The defense has played pretty well in some of the other games, but in college football, and you like to bring this up a lot, Jake, all it takes is one or two losses, and you suddenly, the complexion of the season changes. And when BYU gets off to the start, it has this year— uh, they have an opportunity, and will that opportunity be taken, taken advantage of, or will it be lost based on how they play moving forward? Maybe you're right. Maybe they just got fat-headed for a week, and they'll turn around and get it taken care of because Kalani will be breathing fire at them uh, between now and Friday, and maybe that maybe that uh, is something every team should go through at some point to, to get the most out of them. But I, I say it a little differently. If, if BYU had been playing a really good team on Saturday, they would have lost. but would they have been up huge
1: and let up? because that's what happened. They were up 28 to six so I it's just two ways to look at it. like do you look at it do you think the wheels are wobbling?
0: They sir, I, know, they I don't sure think looked so. wobbly in that game on well, the second half. yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Second half was bad. And meanwhile you've got an engine over there on the offensive side that's just raring to go, and you can't say these you know, South Florida's putting together what, fourteen play drives? And that was the thing that really bothered Kalani, uh, in a major way. He was saying, We gotta get off the field. We gotta get off the field. Well, he's not well, wrong, but that's what he that's the direction he chose to highlight, and I totally get it. I don't know what else he would talk about. I mean, what's he supposed to do say oh our defense played terrific uh, there was never a doubt uh no he he was telling the truth so if he if it's if it's a double edged thing jake then then he can utilize it in that way but i i think that uh, as bad as uh as utah state was against boise uh, and they did not look good in that game they do have some players who might be able to take advantage of certain things the way the Cougars were taken advantage of uh, against the Bulls. But we'll see what happens from here. Maybe BYU will show up and play great. What are they, nine point favorites, something like that? Yeah, and I think they'll, you know, the
1: end state will provide a little edge, I think, to the matchup. And Kalani and the coaching staff have plenty to harp on in a short week where preparation is difficult anyway. And. I would expect we'll see a pretty good performance from uh, from BYU. And uh, I would anticipate Utah State will be similarly uh, motivated uh, to perform well.
0: Oh, and that crowd will be crazy. Right. And it'll be the kind of environment that is difficult to play in. It should but, be a fun game. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how it'll turn out. It, it, that's, that's the thing about football. I mean, there are these emotional swings. Uh, and it is an emotional game. Uh, that that uh, it, uh, that's why I always find it fascinating when a team either gets off to a good start or finishes strong, one or the other. It's impressive to me if they can sustain it. And in this particular case, uh, BYU could not hold that lead. So, am I sitting here going, "Ah, the Cougars are no good"? No, they It's a good. It's a really good team. And uh, now it's a matter of whether they have the determination and focus to uh, to make the season what it. It it could be.
1: Did anything uh, go down in uh, in the Pac twelve that uh, we talked a little bit about the USC debacle against Oregon State and uh, how their demise is in uh, full bloom. And by the way, the Utes and the Cougars still
0: have uh, the Trojans to play on the old schedule. And that's really the most important part of it is that both of those teams are good enough to beat the Trojans. <laughs> So we'll see how it goes. Oregon State throttled the Trojans in L.A. That's that is... You mentioned it. They ran the ball right down their throat. Now
1: that's running a team over. <laughs> BYU wasn't great against the run over the weekend, but they didn't give
0: up over 300 yards yeah, on the okay. ground. Either. <laughs> yeah, so if you're going to look at it in a positive light, at least you didn't play like USC. What I think might be important for the Pac-12,
1: uh, they need, I mean, I think Oregon hammered Arizona and Oregon's good, I think that much has been proven thus far we'll see if they can go through the league undefeated when the league is down but they need they need some other teams to at least salvage a decent season and maybe ucla is is going to do that they go on the road and beat stanford 35 to 24 i mean that's a pretty decent win stanford obviously throttled usc earlier in the year um I think that's probably the most likely candidate. I thought UCLA was going to be better this year, and, and maybe Fresno State turns out to be really good. That mm-hmm. could be the case. The Mountain West Conference is actually really good this year. We are talking to Coach Mack about that, right, on uh, on Friday. Um, it might be a better league this year than the Pac-12. That's arguable. But I, I believe UCLA is still a decent team. We'll see what happens with Utah. Utah's got a lot going on, uh, and I don't know if you think... I think you and I both agree that they haven't shown their best quite yet, that they're capable of more. So we'll see
0: where that goes. If I if I were the offensive coordinator for the Utes, I think I might go back to your original plan. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Run it. Run. Run it a the lot. football. Because um, it's not <laughs> that's that could be their best way to win. I mean, I thought it might be different this year. I think uh, Kyle Whittingham thought it would be different and things didn't turn out the way he expected. So far,
1: you know, you wonder. I I thought Cal would be better this year, but then they go and lose to Washington, who is not terrific. Uh, Thirty-one to twenty-four. This league is just going to be. It's just not going to be a good league. I, I'm trying to even think of the teams that I think are, are really even salvageable. Arizona State back to uh, uh, bounced back against Colorado, but I mean Colorado's so bad. Yes, <laughs> they can't move the ball. So that's. That's who Arizona State really needed to play. What was the final on that game? 35 to 13. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm going to look up? How many uh, total yards did Colorado have last yeah, week? Wasn't 63. it? Was, wasn't that what it was? All right, let's yeah. see how many total yards. I got
0: it was definitely it. better. Well, but, I would hope so. But I don't know how you can do worse
1: Okay, it was a lot better. 250 total yards against the Sun Devils. Although uh, Colorado gave up 439 total yards. Yikes. Yeah. Oof. That's difficult yeah so Colorado PK thinks that the the uh the loser of the Arizona Colorado game will go winless in conference
0: could very well be that way but when I look at when I look at this conference now uh, Jake uh the bad news is that um, that the league other than Oregon is not particularly good the good news is that the Utes still have a chance they certainly do and I don't know who beats
1: Oregon. I honestly don't. Coming to Salt Lake in November, if the Utes, uh, you know, play their best football, maybe that's a, a dangerous game for them. But I don't know if I see another team. Um, I don't know if I see another team in the league that's going to beat them. UCLA? Do they even play? Let me see. I'll bring up Oregon schedule. Uh, again, UCLA looks. They do. They play at. They play in LA uh-huh. um, at UCLA on October the twenty third. So that's coming up in a few weeks. Well, other than that, here's Arizona's schedule. At Stanford, home to Cal, at UCLA, home to Colorado, at Washington, home to Washington State, at Utah, and home against the Beavs. Could the Beavs get them? Well, the the Beavs look good rushing the ball against USC. (laughs) Maybe the Beavs could
0: get them. I mean, that game's always weird. Yeah. I mean, things get crazy in rivalry games. We'll see. I mean, Oregon is the best that I've seen in the Pac-12 with no big shock there. I mean, we all see what we see, but, but isn't that?
1: Wouldn't that be the great irony? The Pac-12 finally gets back to the playoff be in a year where the league's probably the worst it's been.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's something that you pointed out a thousand times yeah. with the ACC and Clemson. It's terrible. It's a and really by the bad way, league. What's going on with Clemson? Uh, th- Listen,
1: somehow Alabama this doesn't fall into under this category, but everybody else does. At some point, you got to pay the piper and rebuild. <laughs> Seriously, at some point you're going to have a year where you're young or shorthanded or unlucky or whatever, but at some point every program goes through that not named Alabama. You know what team
0: is impressive to me this year is Arkansas. Well, yeah, but how good is Texas A&M? Yeah. Well, Arkansas plays Georgia this weekend. Well, Texas struggled against Colorado,
1: didn't they, for a while? Yeah.
0: How good is Texas? Mm. Not Texas A&M, what are you talking about.
1: No, I know, but Arkansas has beaten both Texas oh, I and got you. Texas A&M. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I guess we got to we see more some more action before we come to conclusions, but uh best teams in the Pac-12, I would list Oregon obviously. Well, Oregon's like third in the AP poll now. Isn't it? Yep. And, and UCLA. But there's a shot. There's a shot for, you know, there's a way that the Utes, if they can reassemble themselves and get themselves to be a little more consistent on both sides of the ball. And that's weird to say, but uh, maybe maybe they can do something. And uh, I'm sure that, that that's something for them to think about as they move forward instead of uh, dwelling on, on the defeats they've suffered that they did not expect to uh, suffer through. Well,
1: now with this um, uh, situation involving losing a teammate, I mean, in all honesty, if— I hate talking about this, but if Utah really struggled putting it together this year, I think it would be understandable unless they would somehow rally around the fall and, and maybe that 's the direction they go and and maybe that 's the again getting back to the positive energy maybe you can you can turn that into a positive but if if that didn 't happen and win the other way i I think it 's completely understandable so I honestly don 't know what to expect
0: if you were to f- Search for, let's do this for both Utah and BYU. If you were to search for a positive, where do you begin with the Utes? Well, I think they may have found a running back
1: in TJ Pledger. And the defense really performed up to snuff. Okay. Remember, we talked to OC last week and we were like, OC, is the the struggles of the defense going under the radar? And he said, yeah, big time. And they didn't struggle against Washington State. They played really well. I mean, the, the pressure on the quarterback, I mean, it was a wit defense out there yeah. wreaking havoc. So I'd say that's
0: that's probably well, the big positive for Utah. And, and maybe they can build on that. That offensive line has to continue to get better. I, I, I don't see Cam rising as a great quarterback, but maybe he can be a manageable quarterback who can just sort of get the offense doing what it should. Um I'll we'll tell you see. what Cameron Rising needs to do:
1: just make big plays on third downs. Concentrate on that. I think that's what the team will need. Don't worry of the about first team. and second down. Exactly. <laughs> okay.
0: It's, I'm. I'm. Hand over, the ball off on the first two downs, yeah, yeah. and then I if, mean, you're, if you're four yards short, then you go ahead and throw it. I am. I'm. I'm overstating, of course, as
1: I'm sure I never do. Uh, but wasn't that what made teams? The Travis Wilson teams at Utah, decent the years that they were pretty good, was he was really good, and this was an underlooked positive about him. He was really good at randomly making a play when his team needed yeah, it the most. Did. You know, we can we can picture the kind of baby giraffe scampering down the sideline, you know. And, uh, you know, some of those— uh, Remember that play when he flipped over, landed the, on his helmet? The one against Michigan? Was that— Where he nearly took his face off and he <laughs> finished the game?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe they can. Put he was really together. good at uh, making a play
1: when his team really really yeah. needed it. And if if Cameron Rising can be that type of quarterback, maybe they can put together enough offense to complement the defense. If indeed, you know, and may maybe maybe uh, Makai Bernard, I hope his shoulders okay. But maybe he makes a recovery and he ends up being the guy. Or maybe it's T.J. Pledger. I I don't think we'll see Tavion Thomas anymore
0: uh, unless there's some injuries so they might they might put him in if they have a game that they feel confident about and uh, see what he can do because he's he's a, he's a talented guy just got to hold on to that football so as far as BYU goes look Jake that offensive line is good I mean i remember talking to Hans about it before the season started and he said they're a little thin and they have had some injuries up front but they that looks like a pretty solid group to me uh, the receivers are terrific. Uh, the, the receivers, the options at receiver, just that's a beautiful thing for any quarterback. Uh, the, the 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 security that comes with knowing that your backup quarterback can win games, that's a pretty good feeling. And Jaron Hall, I think, will be ready to go against Utah State. But if you don't let Jaron Hall be Jaron Hall, then he becomes less effective. And he he has done a nice job of staying in the pocket not taking off running whenever he knows he can pick up yardage but he hasn't fallen to that temptation and and yet that the ability is still there to do it when you got to pick up that third down and you're 8 yards away he's a guy that if he if everyone's covered man he can take off running and get those yards for you but in the back of his mind, he's thinking, "I got to preserve myself, and I want to be a real quarterback. I don't want to just be a running quarterback." And so, it's in his mind not to be that. But uh, but you got to let him play to his strengths, and if, it, it's nice for them to know that Baylor Romney is standing on the sideline, ready to go if you need him. See it's it's funny I for the positive for BYU I
1: you kind of went on the the micro which I think what you're saying there makes a lot of sense but I my my brain went right to the macro outside of one game I truly expect BYU to win I mean if you look if you look at it on paper the rest of their schedule I'm not saying that they're going to do it but I would expect them to beat every opponent left outside really? of Baylor you're
0: confident with that.
1: Well, look at the teams remaining on their schedule. I mean, Baylor just beat Iowa State, which is a huge win, and they're four and zero. So I'm going to go outside of Baylor. I think that's that's fair, right? This Baylor team looks like maybe it it has something going. So we'll we'll see how it goes there. But think of the other uh, opponents that are left on their schedule. Boise State, okay, maybe maybe you throw them into that category. I don't know, and that's 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 up there. So I'll I'll listen to the argument there, but I'd still probably pick BYU at this point. Washington State, I'd certainly pick the Cougs. UVA, I'd pick the Cougs. Idaho State, uh, you know, whatever this one is, one is, is Georgia Southern, certainly pick them there. And USC looks like a mess. Yeah. So outside of Baylor, maybe Boise State, I would actually expect BYU to beat the rest of the teams on their schedule.
0: Wouldn't that be something if, if they followed up with what they did last year with, say, an identical record? Yeah. When, that would that would be rather amazing. And a, uh, that would be a credit to Kalani Sataki and his staff and the level of talent that they have in that program. Because right now they're beat up. And uh, depth is one thing, but when you lose player after player, uh, you better hope uh, that they come back. And, and Kalani on Saturday night said that uh, he thought that, the guys would be okay, ready to go. But still, I mean, I, I get it. SC isn't what we thought they might be. Who knows what they'll look like by the end of the year. Uh, UVA, your favorite team. Uh, you're the latest Wahoo, aren't you? Yes. Um, and like you said, Baylor. I, hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. The Boise game is in Provo. Oh, sorry, I misread that. Yeah. So that that that's helpful to the Cougars. They're getting a lot of support from their crowd. Whether they play well or not, it seems like the crowd has really been a factor for them in these home games. That's the split story of
1: the day brought to you by our friends at SoundSleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundSleepMedical.com. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.